Welcome to Seducing Aliveness. I'm Jen Halterman, one of your hostesses. Thank you for joining us. If you happen to be joining us live, you can come over to blogtalkradio.com to the show page itself. Scroll down and you can see a chat room is open and ready for your comments right there. And if you are listening to an archive, welcome. We are so glad you are here and we look forward to connecting with you at some other date, hopefully live. And with that, I welcome Tamara Yonker, my co-host to the show. Welcome, Tamara. Here we go. (laughs) Good morning. (laughs) You know, sometimes Tamara and I talk before the show goes live and the lady starts saying, your show will go live in five, four, (laughs) I Usually at that point in time, take a big, deep breath so that I don't end up coming on the air laughing my head off because we get so wrapped up in the possibility of future shows or the content or the topic that we just want to go now. We don't want to have to wait. And then she counts us down and it's like, but <laughs> it's just entertainment for me. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to wait. I know. I was like, we should do a show on this. This is a great thing. Da, 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 da. And now I'm looking at our topic for today, and I'm like, hmm, I think I can find a way to make it work. <laughs> it might apply. <laughs> oh, just fun, fun, fun. Fun stuff. Like, you know, I mean, most people are on Facebook nowadays, and I don't spend a whole lot of time on there. I, I just don't have the time to spend the time. Um. But occasionally, you know, I'll be I'll peruse because I'm curious. And and this morning, somebody had asked a really interesting question, um, you know, asking for asking for a contribution. Hey guys, what do you think about blank? And um, normally, I just you know, I, I'm not too interested in taking the time to respond to that. But this morning, for whatever reason, I was like, hmm, that one I think appeals to me. I want to write a response. And uh, it 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 really inspired in me. I was like, ooh, we should do a show about that because I tell you. That's a bing. There's all these people who are commenting all their points of view, and it's a really, you know, there's a, com- there's a whole conversation going now on Facebook about what this guy should do. It's fascinating to me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's, it is an interesting thing. So we, we're going to share it because we can't just tease out much and then not. Come on. Yeah, but yeah, I guess, huh? Talking about how hard are you working for refusal, like you're not working against receiving, you're working for refusing. Yep. And and r- really, when you consider it that way, it's so funny. If I say to somebody, "Well, you know, are you resisting receiving?" Usually, they'll defend their point of view that they're not resisting. But if oh, yeah. you say, "Yeah, but <laughs> are you working for refusal?" It somehow it kind of warbles the auto response system uh, enough that they they can receive the question a little bit differently, and so that's why we wanted to do this topic in this way. Is that we just want to let's stop, you know, getting all the yabbas about. But I'm, uh, I receive and and that gets everybody spun up. And let's just talk about how hard are you actually working, so that you are working for and in behalf of the refusal of what is possible to you. How much effort do you put into that every day? Mm. I think that I actually, is juicy. Uh, I, <laughs> oh, yeah. And and this is the thing. This is what's uh, we just uh, – so much fun to expose these subtleties, right? Like um, mm-hmm. I actually did a radio show on this four years ago that I called um, – are you playing the game of who's re- refusing receiving the most? <laughs> like, like it's as if everybody on this planet is playing this game. Who can refuse receiving the most? Who can refuse receiving the most? And everyone's like, me, 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 me. They all want to win. Everybody wants to win that game. And I'm like, actually, I'll be the biggest loser of that game. <laughs> I don't want to win the game of refusing receiving. And it's a really subtle thing that people are, uh, the, the way they're functioning, again, the way they're orienting, the way they're functioning, and they have no idea until, like you said, you ask that question. It is interesting how when you ask it that way, particularly, <clears throat> are you working for res- refusing? And that, then it's kind of like they go, oh, oh, oh. Like the energy mm-hmm. is almost undeniable. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> Absolutely. (laughs) It's a different perspective. And as I was thinking about it, you know, 
I was just thinking about standing out in our yard. So we've got some open space in our yard, we've, and then we've got some areas that have shade, okay? And if I think about the sunshine, the sun, okay, if I were to say, am I receiving the sun, I would think, well, yeah, except for I actually work really hard at refusing the sun because for me personally, it makes me sick. I actually have to be consciously aware of how much direct sunlight I get, how much heat. So I do work at organizing myself to how much of the sun I receive, which means I do refuse it. And I'm aware of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Unless I think that I need to control my receiving and then I start judging the refusing and the receiving and the refusing and receiving instead of just saying, this is how I choose. This is, these are the choices I make. This is how I organize myself. This is how I choose where I'm going to sit. Instead of going into judgment about it, it's just being able to see I'm making a choice about how much sunshine I actually sit directly in the light or when I find shade when I need to cool off. But it's a judgment that makes it different. And so if we can drop the judgment and just what do you have to share? Like, what, in what ways do, are you refusing? In what ways are you refusing? Without judgment, what could you become aware of? That's the invitation of the show. And, and the key is really, um, as we've been talking about week after week after week after week, is that most people have no idea that they're oriented in such a way. Most people have no idea that they're functioning in such a way. It's all default. They're <laughs> functioning by default. Something has become um, an automatonic behavior or a way of thinking or, you know, a way of, of engaging with other people. This is all default, default, default programming, default programming, default programming. And, and that's part of what's fun, I think, for both of us about this show is that we illuminate this for people so that they can. Because to me, choice is a superpower. <laughs> <laughs> so recognizing that, you know, the orientation of most people is that the world is happening to them, they're a victim, they're powerless, they're helpless, they can't, you know, like, and, and that's what creates a lot of the, the misery in people's lives because they're like, what choice do I have? I don't have a choice. I didn't have a choice. And so if we can illuminate where people are functioning from that default programming and say, guess what? Mm-hmm. You have a choice. You've always had a choice. And here's the thing. If you become more aware, self-aware of how you're functioning, and you're like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that I was refusing receiving. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, it's like that smack on the forehead. And you're like, wow, I had no idea. Then you have more choice. And you can say, when I would like to refuse receiving, I'm at least aware that I'm making that choice so that I can make a different choice when I'm done refusing receiving. And that's the key. If you're doing it by default, if you're refusing receiving by default, are you aware that you can make another choice or do you just keep creating Groundhog Day over and over and over because you don't have any idea that there is another choice you could be making? That's the key. Illuminating this stuff for yourself, this mastery of self-awareness opens up the door to choice and you're like, oh, holy cow, yeah, I want to choose this when I want to and I'm going to choose something different when I... The wealth of choice is having all choice available to you without making any choice right or wrong, without making any choice good or bad. And and I know for me personally, like that is one of my <clears throat> biggest targets is to is to reveal to myself everywhere I'm functioning by default. If I'm functioning by default, there's no choice in that. I'm just doing it automatically. Mm-hmm. And I like choice. Choice makes me feel liberated and free and happy and alive and blissful. So this show is called Seducing Aliveness, after all. (laughs) (laughs) It sure is. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about this post on Facebook. Let's go ahead and bring it on. Like, what is it about? What does it reveal? Where's refusal? Where's receiving? Where's choice in it? Yeah, so so I'll give you the gist of it, and, and, and I'm going to kind of generalize it because I think this is something that I see mm-hmm. all day, every day. So what I just said, if you have a victim in or- orientation and you, and you have this point of view, and I've shared this before on the show, that you know people are always trying to make you do something you don't want to do. 
people are always trying to make, you know, this, oh, my God, you know, so-and-so keeps trying to tell me this, and so-and-so keeps trying to tell, get me to do that, and, you know, people are always pressuring me, and people are always asking me. If you have this, this victim orientation, then there's, there's that people are um, doing things to you, then you will take the position of pushing back against them. Because it's like, they're trying to control me, and I'm not going to let them, so I'm going to push back. And what's fascinating is that's exactly, and I've shared this before on previous shows, that's exactly how I was functioning. When we don't know that we 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 know it with an absence of doubt, that no one can ever make us do anything ever unless we choose it. Even in those times when we like might kick ourselves and go, God, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe I let so-and-so talk me into that. Guess what, guys? We still chose that. <laughs> we still chose that. Even though somebody would have put on, put on their best masterful um, uh, manipulations and their coercions, and you know they might have used every tool in the book to get you to choose what they wanted you to choose, you mm-hmm. still chose it. So once upon a time, I was this massive rebel against, you know, no one's going to control me, blah, blah, blah. It was like my big thing that I, because I had this point of view that people were always controlling me or trying to control me. And so I had all this resistance against those who were trying to control me. And what happens with that is that if you, if, you know, it's even like if you're going to buy a new car and we kind of know the the car salesman type, Right. Um, mm-hmm. or, or anyone's trying to, if you feel like anyone's trying to convince you of something, that can, can, create, can create irritation, anger, um, resistance, discomfort, whatever you want to call it. If you have <clears throat> this, and this, I promise, this has to do with receiving and refusing receiving. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you are always in this um, point of view that you have to resist against their attempt to control you, then you're going to be in this battle energetically, and it's always going to be like, who's going to control who? Are they going to control me, or am I going to control them? Are they going to control me, or am I going to control them? And this is where this whole thing about boundaries sometimes comes up, this conversation about boundaries. Well, they're not respecting my boundaries. And so what am I going to do about that? If they're not respecting my boundaries, then it's, uh, there was, a, there was a, a suggestion on this feed on Facebook that the person, what they should do is they should <clears> – <throat> Uh, tell the person that there's going to be consequences of your actions. If you do this again, I will blah, blah, blah. Or if you do this again, our relationship will blah, blah, blah. You know, fill in the blank, right? So it's like, it's like you're crossing my boundaries, so I'm going to stand up for myself, and I'm going to tell you that there's going to be consequences of your actions if you do that again. And to me, that's the extreme form of I'm not going to let you control me, and so I'm going to use control back to control you because – trying to get someone to, to stop doing what they're doing in that fashion is just exactly what they're doing to you. <laughs> it's the same thing. It's using this coercion or threats or, or whatever to get them to do something that you want them to do. And guess what? That's exactly what they're doing. They're trying to get you to do something that you, they want you to do. So you're just playing the same game. But righteousness steps in and says, yes, but they're not honoring my boundaries, so I have the right to do this. Because they're, uh, they're, and I, <laughs> so I get that. I get that. I, I used to function that way. I see lots of people who function that way. And I have an alternative. <laughs> I have an alternative. And here's, here's what I discovered for myself. The moment, and I still remember that moment with total clarity, because I was in the middle of a conversation with a friend of mine, and she specifically said to me, because I was on blah, 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 like this is a big problem, people always trying to control me, and, you know, the manipulation, the control, the conver- conversion, the, the coercion, whatever it was, it was a big thing in my life, and I was pretty over it. So I was having a heated conversation and asking for some facil- facilitation in this area, and she finally said, Tamara, as if anyone can control you. And it was like, bing! I went, holy shit, what lie have I been telling myself? What bullshit have I bought to believe that people could actually control me? I had forgotten that one tiny, tiny, tiny little detail. I always choose. 
No one can control me. No one can manipulate me. No one can coerce me. No one can get me to do anything I don't want to do because I always choose. And what I realized is that when I trust me implicitly, and I had a really great conversation with somebody yesterday about this whole trusting yourself thing and how that uh, how trusting you creates a total change in how you operate in the world, your orientation, how you function. When I trust me implicitly, the person, the most masterful manipulator, coercer, like the person who is the best at it on the whole planet could come at me and try and get me to do what they want me to do. And I just be like, oh, isn't that cute? Look at how they're trying to get me to do something. That's so adorable. Mm -hmm. But I trust myself 100% implicitly. There is no way. You could come at me with everything you got, everything you've got. And I'm just going to be like, no, Mm -mm. no, no, no. Yeah, that that seems, I get that. seems like a great idea to you, and that's the best solution. (laughs) And, you know, that's, I see how that might work for you. Like, (laughs) but that's a no. Mm-mm. And I don't have to argue. I don't have to fight. I don't have to nope. debate. I don't have to get mad. I don't have to get all puffed up. I don't have to talk about you disrespecting mm-hmm. my boundaries. I can just <laughs> say no. I don't have to make mm-hmm. them wrong. I can no. actually receive everything they're throwing at me, everything they're de- delivering at me, and say no. Now that's different. That's a potency that arises from your own inner authority, from your own trust in you, it doesn't require control. It doesn't require control over others. It doesn't require making them wrong to separate. And all of this stuff that I was referring to before is just like, it's old school. <laughs> in, it's kind of an archaic way of functioning in my point of view, right? I get lots of people are still functioning that way. I'm not making it wrong. I'm just saying there is an alternative. There is a different way of being where we don't have to refuse all of that and go into battle and be like, no, shields up, go into battle. You can't control me. I will control you. We don't have to do that. We can just say no because we trust ourselves implicitly. And to me, this is a big key to receiving. Receiving, when, when you trust yourself 100%, you can't, all of a sudden it's like, well, I, I can't actually come up with a reason why I wouldn't receive. It, it ceases to make sense because I trust me. Right. Uh, and I got choice. And I think it, right, sorry. I think that what you're no. saying is that if we receive that there's a misconception that you must agree receiving means agreement and i think that that one misconception keeps people thinking well i don't want to receive everything because i don't agree with them i don't want to go along with them that's not what we're saying that's part of the orientation that can change that really Mm -hmm. sets you free you know i had an experience oh my gosh this was years ago based on what i'm about to tell you but it was when james arthur ray was big and the secret was out before he went to prison Yeah, and um, he he came to Salt Lake City, and it was one of those, God, it was before the live events were big, and, you know, I mean, it was just, it was a big rah, rah, rah convention, and so I I went down to Salt Lake, and I was like, yeah, I want to see this guy, and okay, and I I go in, and I get it, you, you sit down in your chair, and then they hand out these folders to you, and in there, it has their contract, and it has all, you know, all the sales stuff, and and, of course, there's all this pomp and circumstance and rah, rah, rah and cheering and getting the crowd going. And he comes in and his awesome fake tan and his perfectly, you know, um, complimentary <laughs> clothes. And he's the superstar on the stage. And I'm sitting in the middle of the room. Now, number one, I have zero desire. I have zero lust for this man. Okay, so right there, I'm the odd man out in this room because there are women acting like Elvis is on the stage. Okay, and I'm like... Oh, my gosh. This is fascinating to watch. And I listen as he uses so many, you know, different sales approaches and manipulation. And the point is, when you're ready, when you feel the call, you're supposed to stand (laughs) up and say, yes, and run to the back of the room with your contract signed and your credit card ready. And this goes on, and people start doing it, you know, he kind of has to poke and prod a bit, but then people start doing it. And I stay seated, and I'm watching, and I'm watching. Well, the whole presentation wraps up. 
still sitting in my chair. Most of the audience has cleared the room and are back in line and they're buying and they're getting autographs and all stuff. And he's on the stage talking to people that have come to the edge of the stage. And I'm still sitting in my chair. I'm people watching. Like I could be at the freaking airport right now for all the interest I have in that particular moment. I'm just watching people. And so we had, um, so I'm sitting there and he looks up from the audience that's, you know, worshiping at his feet. And he sees me and he stands up and he points at me and says, you. And I kind of tip my head. And he says, where's your yes? And I shook my head no. And he started screaming at me. Yes. And I started giggling. No. And I just kept saying, no. Same tone, calm as could be. By the time he jumped off the stage, came through the chairs, which was really fun because he moved every center chair through 12 aisles to get back to where I was sitting. Moved every chair out of his way. So he was standing in front of me. He was covered in sweat. (laughs) And I was calm as could be. And I will admit, my heart started, like, getting a little scared and fluttery when he was about three rows away because I saw the rage in his eyes. And I just remember looking at him, and he is like, where's your yes? Where's your yes? You're afraid of life, da-da-da, you know, all the shaming. He's like, I said, no, it's just a no for me. But thank you for offering. And he was so furious. He said, you either say yes or you get out. And I said, okay. I stood up and I set the binder down and I walked out. And as I got to the doorway, I heard like unbelievable scream. And I heard him start telling everybody, that is somebody who will fail. That is somebody who has zero interest in being successful. None of you are like her. Hmm. And I felt so free because that, I think that was my first experience of owning my inner authority of no. And my no required zero explanation. And that's the moment I did it. And so you can imagine, you know, a few years later, when Mr. Ray ends up going to jail because he didn't let somebody, uh, somebody's no be honored, and it ended up causing death, and he was in, you know, you got in big trouble for that. And I just kept thinking about how many of those people, if they had said no, would have actually gained more by simply saying no in that much intensity than by going through the program that he was offering. That is why I do this show. I'm interested in your inner authority, not convincing you of mine. Oh, my God. I could kiss you right now. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a beautiful, 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 beautiful illustration. I couldn't help but giggle all the way through it because I literally had the exact same experience. I had a James Arthur Ray event in Denver almost a decade ago. Literally. Like, literally. I was like, wow. oh, my God, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. It was It was truly astounding to me. And, and I, I will give him credit for being a master, 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 master manipulator. Wow. Oh, yeah. He's good. He is really good. And and yeah. I just sat there in the middle, because I was probably in about the fifth row or something, and when people would jump up and say yes and run to the back of the room, and, and I just, <laughs> I'm looking around myself, and I'm like, wow. I mean, I knew people. I, I, was a, I was someone who felt like I really got taken advantage of a lot in my younger years and things like that. Um, and so I get being on, on the, what I'll just call that side. Uh, but when I sat in that room of probably 500 to, I don't know, 500 to 1,000 people and watched this occur, I I was just like, wow, 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 wow. Talk about an inspiration. Talk about an inspiration yeah. to do the yeah. work because this is right when I t- became a coach. This is right when I officially, like, put out my little shingle and said, I'm going to do coaching. Talk about an inspiration. Yeah to invite people to their inner authority, to talk about an inspiration, to uh, invite people to liberate themselves 
Right. You know, I, I, that was that was a huge inspiration for me to do the work that I do. Not because there's anything wrong with those people, not because there's, you know, mm-hmm. those people. What I mean is the people who haven't yet discovered their own in, inner authority. That's simply what I'm talking about. Not because there's anything wrong right. with them, they're broken, they need to be fixed or whatever, but mm-hmm. I know that there are people out there who, who are yearning to live a different way an alternative from the default way that they've been functioning. And, and truly, all those people in that room, that's, that's what default functioning looks like. When somebody can play your puppet strings to that degree, it's just, you know, like, that's default. That's default. There's not a whole lot of presence there that's really in, uh, able to, uh, to make choice. They have not really developed that muscle of choice for themselves mm-hmm. yet, and they're just following anyone who looks like a shiny authority so yeah inspiration for sure for the work that i do (laughs) absolutely and we have so much we can learn he teaches us so much if we'll receive it but if we are in that pushback if we're in Mm -hmm. that if we go to that fuck you energy you can't make me we can't receive what the hell he's teaching because he's teaching a hell of a lot more than what he's preaching Yes. (laughs) He's teaching so much more than what's coming out of his mouth, which is what he's preaching. And that, like, that turns me on. I love freaking hanging around and witnessing these people that a lot of people go to judgment and cut off receiving from them because I learn so much. You know, I was part of a program where I was actually, like, one of the sponsors and invested a shit ton of money and I didn't learn a damn thing in the lecture hall, but I learned everything in interacting with the organization and how humans were treated and how money was exchanged. I learned everything from that. Mm-hmm. And so when mm-hmm. it came down to it and, you know, somebody that was in my life at the time was bitching and moaning about, well, that was a waste of money and da, da, da. And I was like, for you, maybe. <laughs> I think that was a great investment, man. That was a great lesson, you know. If that's what it if that's what I was there to learn, well, I learned it, man, because I was so interested in what I could receive, not just from what was not just from what was being said, not just from the content that was being said. This is this is one of the pieces about if we are truly open to receiving, we receive more than just the words or just the material or just the curriculum. We receive it all, because you never know when that alignment is going to be in harmony and it is seamless. You, you, we don't know until we're receiving, and it might be in alignment with you, and it might have dissonance to it, and unless you're willing to receive it and not judge it, you can't learn what that dissonance has to teach us, and that's the gift of being willing to receive everything because it would have, I mean, if I had gone to refusal in that situation and pushed back, I would have probably got up, snuck out, slithered out of the room like it was shameful to say no and left long before that, those moments with him screaming at me, pointing at me with everybody in the room, about 500 people staring at me as he was willing to move furniture to try to apply enough pressure to make me say yes. And that was where the magic happened. And I would have missed it if I'd gone to the fight and the refusal. Yep. Yeah, it's interesting. I had another situation with uh, someone who was, was, it was a peer coaching. I've got several coaching certifications. So in one of them, I was, they were doing some peer coaching and uh, the the woman who was coaching me uh, kept real. She she kept trying really hard to get me to align and agree with her point of view. I don't even remember what it was, but I just remember she kept trying really, really, really hard. She believed in her rightness, and there was a righteousness to her pre- her pressuring me in, you know, aligning, agreeing with her point of view. And I just kept, you know, I was like, you know, you trusting my inner authority. And I was like, no, I don't think that's you know whatever I was saying. And she kept using different tactics and different, different tactics and different tactics and different tactics and different tactics. And I just kept, no, no, I'm not going to align and agree with your point of view. I'm not making her wrong. I'm just not going to align her point of view mm-hmm. with her, align and agree with her point of view. And finally she says, Tamara, you're just so difficult. Mm. And I giggled. 
because I realized <laughs> that she had gotten to the end of her uh, her strategies. Like she ran out of strat. She had tried everything in her in her tool bag to to get me to you know to coerce and pressure me into her point of view, and I just wasn't going to do it. But I also wasn't making her wrong, and that we'll call it name calling. You're just so difficult. If there had been any part of me that was refusing being called difficult, if there had been any part of me that was refusing being called difficult by her, I would have fought back or I would have backpedaled and I would have been like, wait, 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 let me prove to you all the ways I'm not difficult. Or I would have fought back and said, I'm not difficult and da-da-da-da-da-da and I would have gotten into it with her. But because I have absolutely no problem receiving anything that everyone ever wants to deliver at me because I know it's not it's not relevant to me <laughs> it's just their point of view or it's just you know it's their reality whatever like I know it's not relevant to me so so when she delivered that at me rather than going into fight or backpedaling to prove that 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 wasn't true uh I just giggled because I was like oh wow right. she she ran out of tools and she just gave me the final whammy and it's not going to work and what was interesting about that is after that, and so there was no, there was no blow up, there was no drama, there was nothing. It mm-hmm. was pretty much the end of the conversation. After that, we hung up. And the interesting thing was, she removed herself as a partner. Oh wow! She removed herself mm. as being my, um, you know, because we were doing uh, peer coaching. She removed herself, and I was mm-hmm. like, I guess she figured because she couldn't control me that she didn't want to play. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is the interesting thing. Like we think fighting is, you know, really the trick. Like I'm going to prove it. I'm going to fight them. I'm going to show them whatever. All that that re- refusing of receiving. And I just received her. I just received. You know, you want to call me difficult? Okay, go right ahead. Like that's up to you. That's your prerogative. You have every right to have whatever point of view about me you want. It's not relevant to right. me. And you might have heard that. You know, what you think of me is none of my business. <laughs> so so. In refusing, I mean, in receiving that, there was no upset. There was no nothing. I mean, she chose to separate. Her choice. I can't control right. what she's going to choose. Uh, right. But we work so hard to receive. I mean, to refuse receiving. We work so hard to refuse receiving, and so often that turns into big drama. Big drama. Yeah. It's unnecessary. Unless you right. like it, then then keep it up. Right. And I mean, what if her separation, what if her was her that what if that served her like judging it doesn't make it right anymore, mm-hmm. which is what I love about this is, oh, you're going to you need to go now. OK, bye. Like, OK, you're done. OK, bye. And and what if that receiving of allowing people to leave without making it wrong for about us, because a lot of people have abandonment orientation, and they take it personally. And I actually had an experience with a man who we were in conversation about something in his business, and he cut it off. He cut off all communications. And I was like, huh. I don't know if I offended him. I had no information to know if I had done something wrong. I had nothing to go off of. And so I just let it go and went on my way. And years later, I came across him, and he, he said what had happened on his end, and he shared with me, and it had nothing to do with me. But as a little insecure coach, I could have turned that into a shitstorm of, oh, my gosh, and, you know, now it's this and I'm a terrible coach and I don't have any contribution and look at him and I have this great opportunity and he went away and what about the money and I'm not good enough. But I didn't because that wasn't my orientation. But I know many that do that and turn it into something. The moment we have to turn it into something to justify it, we are not willing to receive what is in it for us. The moment we need to attach story to what somebody else did or why they did it, we aren't in it for just, okay, well, I'm going to continue on with where I'm going. Like, that's the gift uh, to me. From my point of view, the gift of receiving is I don't add any story to it. It's like, okay, oh, you're in separate now? Okay, bye. Oh, you want to come in closer? Oh, you're going to be vulnerable? Oh, you want to circle back around? Okay. And I get to be a choice in all things. And that is what I think part of the hidden thing about receiving is. 
I think that's just a little secret hidden in receiving that we can receive if we will recognize. If we make everything about us, we're not actually receiving. No, we're not. And maybe you should go back and listen to the narcissist shows. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Great. Those would be, I think, 14 and 29. (laughs) Yes. Good. Something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> but but it, it really is like I I know we've been talking about or I I'm this whole thing about receiving created so much ease in my world, so much ease in my life, and people have a hard time wrapping their their mind around that because they they can't see that how that's possible. They're so mm-hmm. busy refusing receiving, like and I mean busy. It's like a little hamster on a wheel, running, 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 running. They have no idea that they've been working so hard, running so long to refuse receiving Mm -hmm. that they could get Mm -hmm. off. You could get off the hamster wheel and and discover this ease, but but you can't wrap your brain around that. It's it's like I've been saying, you can't get there through thinking. Mm -hmm. So uh, it does require the vulnerability, the allowance, the things that we've been talking about over the weeks. And... Mm -hmm. um, The refusal of receiving is, it's, gosh, what do, I don't, (laughs) I just tapped into the energy of uh, the wide open space. It's like, have you ever tried to, (laughs) this is funny, I just had this image of, um, there's a a place that I go, I go get, (laughs) I go get waxed, okay, I go get waxed. At this little <laughs> shop here where I live in Fort Collins, and they have parking spaces in the front, and uh, and then and they're and they're diagonal, right? The, this parking spaces are so freaking like skinny, like skinny, skinny parking spaces, and something about the way that they're diagonally set. Like every time I park there, mm-hmm. and I literally try and get out of the car, I can't open my door f- far enough mm-hmm. to actually get extract my body out of the car. I'm like Jesus, like how do they make these? parking space is so small and then I, I'm you know I'm like do I crawl out the other side do I just park around back like <laughs> but but I know this is the weirdest yeah. metaphor but this is what pops so I'm going with it it's like I mean seriously sitting there in my car trying to figure out how I'm going to extract myself from the car right like how hard do I have to work to get out of the car do I try and shove my body through the tiny little space that is um you know right that I can open the door. Um, do I crawl out the the other side? Do I crawl over to the passenger side? Do I, you know, like, how, I mean, you're sitting there. It's 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 absurd, right? It's absurd. And that to me is like what we do. We create this this. It's it's like the eye of a needle. We mm-hmm. work so hard to create to refuse receiving, so that there's this tiny little eye of a needle. We're like, well, I'll receive that, and everything else is mm-hmm. a no. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's and it's my what I see with people is it it is it immediately correlative to their in, their trust in themselves that inner authority. So to mm-hmm. the degree that I had trust in myself when I was younger, which was next to none, I had mm-hmm. the eye of the needle of which I was willing to receive, and everything else, all of the rest of my energy, and I kid you not. All of the rest of my energy was pretty much invested in refusing receiving. I was like, well, if it can fit through this little eye of the needle right here, then I'll receive it. But that's that's really all that's safe, and everything else is a no. Mm-hmm. And as I have over the years in, increased my trust in myself to the point where in many areas it's implicit, like I, I, there is no other authority beyond myself, then then the receiving is wide open. It's a vast, 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 vast space. Of yes, mm-hmm. and it and I love what you said earlier. Um, receiving is not agreeing. I don't have to agree with anybody. You know, people can tell me all their points of view, and you should this, and you should that, and I'm really good at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh that's an interesting idea. Sure, I never thought of that. Uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. And then and then <laughs> I don't. You know, I might have a conversation with them, but it doesn't mean I agree to thing, and then we part ways. I don't have to do anything that that they recommended or or said I should or or I don't have to comply with their expectations. 
But I don't have to. Yep. I don't have to fight them. And this is where the fight is. I am astounded. I, I've been there. How much we fight. If you're refusing receiving, most of your energy is in fight mode, and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Fight or prove. And that's exhausting. <laughs> that keeps exhausting. you on that hamster wheel, round and around and around and around and around you go, and you're never really getting anywhere. So if you want to give up the fight and you want to discover what ease might be in your life, step off the hamster wheel of fight. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I love that. You know, the metaphor that came to my mind is I I saw the game we used to play as kids when we would pretend the floor was lava and the furniture was the island. And we would try to go around our our basement um, had the stairs coming down the middle of it, so there was a circle uh, around the stairs and we would try to get all the way around the entire basement without touching the floor now that's fun as a kid but when you realize that just playing the game of refuse the floor refuse the floor and oh how much work it took to not only move furniture while you're standing on another piece of furniture and then line it up and then hop to the other and then move another piece of furniture so that you can get around in the controlled environment you are literally having to create as you go, you are playing the game of refusal. You're refusing the floor. And it's a game as a kid, but when you realize you're doing it as an adult, you're doing it by maneuvering around the ways you're willing to receive money. You're doing it the way you're willing to receive love or attention or affection from a loved one or friend or family. You're moving around the furniture, the pieces of your life to control how you get through life because you are refusing whatever it is that is represented by the lava in this example. If you can just try that on, just practice that. Just see how that lays in. You might start realizing how silly it is. And if you're playing it as a game, it's a good time, and it's an awesome workout. But if you're doing it and calling it being right, you might realize why you're so damn tired. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, there, I have I – have, um, I'm just going to re- repeat what you said. Resistance. Resistance, by the way, is a form of control. Resistance is a form of control. I have a, I have a friend, uh, I've probably known her 30 years now, and um, she's, she's kind of a, what I'll just, you know, generally call a mothering type, right? She's always uh, kind of telling you what you should do. Oh, don't forget, it's cold out. You better bring a jacket. Or, or you're going to, you know, <laughs> just even little things. Like we're going, we're going to the store together or something, and she sees me. It's, she's like, aren't you going to be cold? You better bring a jacket. Like, <laughs> like uh-huh. She's just constantly, you know, shooting me, and she's got ideas for me, and all of this stuff all the time, like constantly. <laughs> it's just kind of, it's just how she operates, right? And um, if I resisted that, you know, resisted her suggestions, resisted her uh, her shoulds, really shoulds all over the place. If I if I resisted that, and I was like, oh my god, like can you just not fucking do that anymore? Like if I really started making this a thing then mm-hmm. our friendship wouldn't have lasted 30 years. Like, we, we, would have been, we wouldn't have lasted as friends two weeks if I kept mm-hmm. resisting that and kept making that mean something about me. Like, she thinks, what does she think? I'm incapable of taking care of myself? Right. Now, if I made that a thing, if I had resisted it, that would have been the end of the relationship. But I just, I just you know, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Well, and I never, I never made it... A big deal, you know. She tells me I need mm-hmm. to grab a coat, or she, t- you know, all of her ideas about how I should live my life and do things, which, like I said, was mm-hmm. pretty constant. Um, I just received it. I just received it. Mm-hmm. Didn't need to be a thing. Didn't need to be a thing. Mm-hmm. But, but there's there's a mythology going on <laughs> that we overlay life with all the time, and that's where those stories, you know, like what if I if I interpret her kind of mothering nature to mean that she thinks I'm incapable of taking care of myself, then I have to fight it. I have to prove to her that I am capable of taking care of myself. What's wrong with you? Why don't you think I, why do you think, why do you always have to tell me blah, 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 blah. It turns into a thing. 
turns it doesn't into a have thing. To be. And and this is this is really one of those subtleties in relationship that creates a lot of drama where none need be. Mm-hmm. A lot of rupture in relationship occurs when we don't simply receive the way other people are functioning. It's just the way she operates. My dad is much the same way. I mean, for God's sake, I've been driving a car for decades. <laughs> I've, I've, you know, I've been to their house to visit. I've, I mean, I don't, you know, Dad, it's, sometimes you just think, wow, because he's constantly telling me, well, you know, he's got to walk out. He's got to walk out in the garage with me, and he's got to show me how to, well, you know, because I'm going to borrow their car, right? And he's got to show me how to drive the car, like, for the 18th time. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're thinking to yourself, wow, I don't know how I got to be this age all by myself without you directing me with every single thing I've ever done. You know what I mean? It's like one of those, and it's, it's really, it's hilarious. But if you if you refuse that, if you refuse that rather than receive it, it's going to be a thing. It's going to be a yep. thing that causes drama, and it certainly could cause rupture in the relationship rather than just receiving it. You know, it's just it doesn't right. mean anything about me. I don't need to overlay any mythology on it and then turn it into a big drama. It's just just like we refuse receiving on so many levels all day long uh-huh. I mean there's even people who are like I mean you've, you've seen this like you'll be sitting at the DMV and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for your number to be called and you know you're, there's a whole bunch of people in there and they're all sitting around and there's nothing to do and so somebody catches your eye and somebody's like what are you looking at <laughs> you know what I mean uh-huh. like Excuse me, you can't receive my gaze? (laughs) Like, it can be that simple and that subtle. Like, this refusal of receiving is happening all the time, and we are just functioning from default. Right. Well, and the one area that I do want to bring up, uh, you know, for the last 12 minutes of the show is when you refuse to receive your own awareness, your Mm. own truth. Mm. Because, you know, you don't have to make anybody wrong for you to know what's true for you. And sometimes that does mean, you know, a rupture of a relationship by saying, you know, that I don't even know why I'm here. I realize this doesn't work for me or it's time for me to make a change. And you're not wrong. Nobody has to be wrong. But it's time for me to make a change. And how many times do we refuse our own awareness because receiving it might feel uncomfortable? And we go into managing the landscape of other people, the emotional landscape of other people, because we don't want to upset, we don't want to hurt feelings, and blah, 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 blah. So we refuse our own awareness. Mm-hmm. Because there are many times that, you know, think life goes on. There are friends I talk to on a regular basis. There are friends I used to talk to on a regular basis, and now I don't. Nobody's wrong. The friendship isn't over because we haven't seen each other face-to-face for a few years. Like, it's just changed. Things evolve. You know, what I do with my daily life has changed. I don't live in that state anymore, whatever it is. And it's a lot of times it's all of that emphasis we put on things to make it right or wrong that make us unwilling to receive our own self-awareness. Mm. So how hard are you working yeah. to refuse that? God, that's, that's, that is really key. That's the whole trusting yourself thing, right? Refusing to receive your own yeah. awareness, refusing to trust you, refusing to trust you. And the byproduct of refusing to, to trust you, refusing what you know to be true for you is often resentment. <laughs> yeah. You know, have you ever yep. met a really angry person? Somebody who's just just angry, like you can feel it a mile away. They're just angry. Yeah. A lot of times that is resentment. And mm-hmm. it's resentment because they're not living their own life. They're not trusting themselves to follow their own inner authority. They're doing the right thing, they're being the good husband, they're you know, they're they're doing everything that's expected of them. And they're refusing to trust themselves. They're refusing to say no to what isn't true for them. And that can create an enormous amount of resentment in a very angry person called my dad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that one well. (laughs) 
Yeah, exactly. And and a lot of times it can even come up not just in direct aggression and the narcissism behaviors and all that stuff, but even that like what we call passive aggressive where it's mm-hmm. so subtle. They're getting their way by really sneakily not letting you know that they're getting their way because they don't have the damn balls to to say what they desire. So, you know, and be direct about it. So they play the game. And that's just refusing. That's just them refusing. Instead of taking their, you know, attempts at manipulation personally, what can you become aware of by receiving it all? Not agreeing with it. You don't even have to say yes. You can say no, whatever it is. But what can you become aware of by receiving it? What's another one that's kind of kind of interesting? It's like um, when if you've ever engaged with somebody who isn't um, – We've talked about on previous shows that asking for what you want can feel vulnerable because, you know, you might you might get a no. And if you're not willing to receive a no, then you might never ask at all. Mm-hmm. So, there are people who rather than it's it's like it's like I'm going to I'm going to do I'm going to I got to work around <laughs> instead of asking, you know, vulnerably for what I desire, I I got to work around here and my work around is manipulating you to get what I want. <laughs> yeah. So I'm pretty sure probably everyone listening knows somebody like that, or maybe that's even you. Who knows? <laughs> um, yeah. And and if you've ever, if you've ever, like, if, if that somebody has done that to you, like, you know, they want something. You, you're got it. You can t- you can taste it. You know that there's something that they want to ask, <laughs> that they desire from you, or that they want. But rather than just come right out and ask you. They start doing this weird kind of sneaky workaround manipulation kind of thing, and you're like, "What is that? Like, what? That is the weirdest, strangest, slippery energy." Um, that's 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 an that's an example of another um, strategy of refusing receiving. Mm, manipulation yeah. is is usually the strategy that people go to when they're not willing to be vulnerable. And I'm not making it wrong, you know, like whatever, choose manipulation, don't. There's some situations when it might be very useful. Um, but a lot of times it's an, it's a lot of times it can be an indication of someone who's not receiving. So there's someone who's not willing to receive. So they use manipulation to get what they want rather than just be vulnerable and ask and be willing to receive whatever their ask creates. Right. There's all kinds of ways. We're so cute. All kinds of you ways. You are so cute. I think we're cute when we <laughs> play these games. I mean, we're working so hard for refusal, and we dress it up and make it look like not refusal, but it's still refusal. It doesn't matter what mm. it's wearing, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and the, and one of one of the the favorite ones that I see uh, time and time and time and time again working with clients and facilitating classes is um, our are uh, the way we have to continually fortify our identity, like what we believe to be true about ourselves and what we deny. And so that that's a big one that will get you working really hard to refuse receiving, and it, it kind of relates to what I was saying when somebody said, you know, when that woman said to me, Tamara, you're just so difficult. If I've decided, you know, here's the qualities that I am and here's here's a long list of qualities that I am and that I'm proud of, and here's the long list of qualities that I'm not, <laughs> or I have shame around, you know, somebody might find out that I am, then you're going to expend enormous amounts of energy refusing receiving everything that you've decided that you're not or that you ha- are trying to cover up in shame and you don't want anybody else to see. You mm-hmm. will really, that's really a trigger for fight. You know, somebody somebody delivers a judgment at you, a point of view at you, a label at yeah. you, you know, you're this, you're that, you're so selfish, you're so self, whatever it is, whatever that is for you, and you just go, right. you know, boom, trigger ignited. Yeah. Then you're going to spend a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of energy trying to prove that you're not that thing or fight yep. them. What if you're just willing to be to re- be and receive, be and receive, be and receive all energies, and I don't have to, like, hold on and edify this this very specific structure of who I believe myself to be, uh, the ease that I perceive in that is delicious. Delicious. Oh, yeah. The willingness to be and receive all energies. 
Yep. What if I'm not a solid thing? <laughs> yeah. What if I can be fluid and flexible? Sure. In this this moment, I'm, I'm going to be a bitch. I'm going to be a royal bitch. And then in the next moment, I'm like, yeah, I'm done with that. Mm-hmm. I can just be yep. whatever I want to be, whatever's required. There's no right and wrong. There's no good or bad. And I can just flow through life with ease rather than constantly having to fortify some solidified structure that I've decided I am and I'm not. I am this. I am not that. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. This is such a fun conversation for me. I I really enjoy it because I used to really be in this space of like, yeah, I'm just going to be and receive all energies. I can be and receive whatever's required in the moment. And then, you know, then I created a, a dynamic where somebody would notice it and call me a chameleon and call me manipulative and tell me I was inauthentic. Oh, all the labels. And when I wouldn't bend, I wouldn't give it up. They, it just infuriated them. And it took years and years later after we hadn't spoken a long time, and they say, you know what I realized is I was so pissed that you could do what I wasn't brave enough to do, and that's why I, you know, targeted you so harshly and made you so wrong for it because it was exactly what I wanted most. I was like, mm-hmm. huh, interesting if I had shut that down in myself all because that's the game you were playing. I'm sure glad I didn't. Sure glad I didn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so it's an invitation it's an alternative it's a possibility what would life be like if you stopped trying to control everything through refusal of receiving (laughs) and resistance (laughs) what if you just opened more and 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 this is the thing agreeing i mean uh receiving does not mean agreeing receiving does not mean you're making yourself subjective to receiving is not um uh submission Receiving is not, uh, re- uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Re- oh, darn. <laughs> it's not coming. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> but all those things, it's like we've got this conflated idea of what receiving is, and so we're like, no, nope, can't do that. It's like, no, it doesn't mean any of that. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean any of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But you got to try it for yourself. Uh, I think- Give it a whirl. You do. Experimentation, you know, (laughs) ride. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, and it's. What if your no can just be a no rather than a fight? Right. And what if your yes is just a yes and not an expectation? Just saying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think there's so much to this, and I know um, based on comments. You know, in the chat room and a couple messages I've gotten, there's a lot of this is this is going to be one I'm going to have to listen to a few times. I'm just listening because this is something that is so foreign or something that's new or something you're becoming aware of. What I would say to you if you're in that, if you're in that space, check yourself. Are you going into judgment of it or are you in allowance of what you could become aware of? If you'll be an allowance of what you can become aware of, how this is playing out in your life, that opens up instantaneous choice. If you're going into judgment, if you're seeking what's right and wrong, if you're seeking the how-to and what you should do so you can do it right, that is not what we're talking about. That's a safety mechanism you're trying to engage to do it right to make this change. That's not what we're talking about. We're inviting you into just being aware and having more allowance of where you are so you can have instantaneous choice. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. Oh, my God, and how much fun is instantaneous choice? Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, please. I'll have more of that. So here's what's super fun. Tomorrow is show number 50 already, Tamara. We're already show number 50. Wow. Woo. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, fantastic. So tomorrow, show number 50, how wrong do you have to be to receive? Mm, (laughs) We will be back with that topic tomorrow, you guys. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Talk to you tomorrow on Seducing Aliveness. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.